Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And as we tiptoe our way out of lockdown towards some kind of normality, we find ourselves what? Where are we now? Six or seven weeks away from Premiership Rugby returning. Too long. This is, it, well, too long. Absolutely right. Six days before pubs reopen. And, uh, and, and here we are again. I'm Tim. Uh, JB's right there. Hello, Timothy. And there's Phil. Hello, Tim. And Phil, I want you to say the sentence that you said to JB and I when you first came onto this call, which is possibly the most Phil sentence I think I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I, I had to apologise because there's potentially some sound issues because uh, my 16-month-old baby poured protein shake onto my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he... he He'd just done a heavy leg <laughs> session and <laughs> was re- refueling after it. Uh, do you ever deviate from your protein shakes, Phil? Do you, do you ever add additional things to them? I, I did have a bad habit a while ago of adding uh, maple syrup to them. Ooh, nice. And, but when you're having like a, a pint or more of protein shake, you actually need quite a lot of maple syrup to actually get the flavor into it. So I was yeah. adding like 50 to 100 mils of maple syrup into it, which is a, a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, five, five grams of peanut butter doesn't really t- make anything taste of peanut butter, but it does add 100 calories. Yeah. Or whatever it, it is. Yeah. I, I've, it is hard. As I've, again, I'll link this to rugby because rugby players are at this stage right now. and Well, they always are. They're always looking after their nutrition. But something you mentioned a few weeks ago, JB, I've started looking at my macros and the balance of what I'm eating a little bit. And it's really hard to eat enough protein, even when you're not trying to gain muscle mass like rugby players are. Yeah. Well, t- talking of muscle mass, um, do you know who's moved, in, moved onto my street? Don't know if I'm going to say this. I'll say it. Anyway, my, my new neighbour. Uh, I don't. Go on. I'm guessing it's a sale player. It is. Uh, Jake Cooper Woolley is now my neighbour, the poor man. <laughs> Unlucky Jake. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite embarrassing because I was cycling with a baby in a backpack, right, uh, taking her to the nursery, and it was a scorching hot day. So what what would I naturally reach for? One of my two vests, either my Japan vest or my Sail Sharks vest. And uh, we met on on the sidewalk. I was like, oh, sidewalk pavement. What well, were we American? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I felt like an absolute imposter because he was also in his Sail Sharks vest, but so. Oh. So I actually find that slightly embarrassing for both of you because you're 
like uh, someone who's not a Sail Sharks player wearing a Sail Sharks vest as a grown man, and that's quite embarrassing. And also, I don't know, there's something a little bit where I sort of think most, in my experience, players don't like to wear stash when they're not at training or at a game. It's way to work. No, they all like wearing vests. I think vest is the exception. Yeah, vest is yeah. the exception. I, I've just thought, right, this is actually, if, Jake, if you do chat to Jake Cooper Woolley about um, nutrition, I imagine this is what he'd tell you uh, he had. He's unemployed and has plenty of time to train for the Mr. Cumbria competition in two weeks' time. In the run-up to any competition, Danny's trainer puts him on a strict diet. Eight o'clock in the morning, I'll have fish and a rice cake. At 10 o'clock, I'll have fish. At 12 o'clock, I'll have fish and a rice cake. At 2 o'clock, I'll have fish. <laughs> 4 o'clock, just before I train... I'll have fish and a rice cake. I'll train. I'll have me fish. Uh, I'll come home, have some more fish with a rice cake, and then have some fish before I go to bed. <laughs> I, hoped, I hoped you were going to play that clip. Oh, you're aware of that one, yeah. I love it. It's so ridiculous. But optimum diet, of course. Yeah. That's uh, also what Phil Sun Thomas... <laughs> It's on at the minute. Yeah, it was, it was a pre- in between his fish and a rice cake. He was just having a protein shake, just to keep him full. I've I've noticed your uh, your brother popping up on um like the the uh, the TV channels and stuff. His beard is uh sorry we don't need to go down this rabbit hole as well. I'll just to say your 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 brother's bulking <laughs> up his beard. His beard I think looks horrendous. He he needs to shave. I've had uh, beards of varying lengths over the years. Um, I'd like to think they were always more groomed than Rob currently looks. He looks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he could be homeless. He looks like a fisherman. A fisherman, yeah. A fisherman is is probably um, a good description, actually. Um, yeah, he needs to smarten up his act. Agreed. <laughs> On to some rugby then, and in this we've got plenty to talk about. <clears throat> but let's start with probably the story that's been most talked about this week. And we don't even know if this is actually going to happen or not, but it seems to have captured the imagination, the potential matchup between the New Zealand All Blacks and the Australian Kangaroos, the two world champions of the two rugby codes coming together for a cross-code clash. What did you think when you saw this story? Um, I, I find it hard to get excited about like, the, the idea of it just because it's so ludicrous. However... If that was on TV, I would be tremendously excited for actually watching it. Like, I wouldn't be bothered about like the build-up and the, the like, just everything about it is so ridiculous. But the big hits and the action and the speed and the, the skills, I'm down for that. So yeah, I, I want I want it to happen, even though I won't really care that much about it until it happens. Uh, in the words of, I'm paraphrasing now. But a uh, friend of the podcast, or podcast friend rather than friend of the podcast, Charlie Morgan, there are a million reasons not to do it, but take my money. Yeah, ab- absolutely. absolutely. Would you pay for it if it was pay-per-view? If, let's say, um, it, was, it was 10 quid uh, pay-per-view to watch it, would you, would you, would you part would, with your cash? Would I? I don't know. I, it depends. I'd have to see what the rules were. But there again, if you've got to review the rules, maybe you don't want to. thing is, there are some huge hurdles to play this game. Number one, like how do the rugby league boys handle the size of rugby union boys? And I'm not just saying that as a one, bit of one-upmanship. This is pretty much all the rugby league lads say now in the Super League when you say, do you want to switch codes? They go, yeah, I would do, but I'm just nowhere near big enough. 
It's a real problem. So if they can iron it out, but then will there be too much compromise in order to make it fair? So I'd have to see what is proposed. But yeah, I think I'd pay for it. And is it, are they suggesting, do we know two games like Bath and Wigan, one at each or 40 minutes and 40 minutes? I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can say we're going to have one of each because playing rugby union for the rugby league lads is too dangerous. Just too da- I mean, they were, even, they were scrimmaging in the original ones. Can you imagine scrimmaging now? The scrimmaging yeah. is something you just couldn't do full-on scrimmaging. You'd have to have uncontested scrums. So, uh, some, some kind of hybrid, hybrid leaning maybe more towards league than union. Yeah, yeah. I think where we can do it. And I think now union players are much more familiar with league lines of running and what happens in league. But you can't get over the fact that the physicality and the size of the union lads now is just, it's good. it'd be too great for them, would be my thought. I think, I think probably what will happen is it ends up being a game of league. Because I think that gives the New Zealanders an understandable out. It, when the, if they lose, it's like, well, we're playing a different game. It still makes it a spectacle. Like you say, it tackles the issues of the technical stuff with lineouts and scrums. Um, and, um, and also, it reminds me a little bit of Conor McGregor boxing. I don't, I, everyone will be hyped for it. It won't be a great spectacle. I think yeah. probably where I land on it. Probably a good, a good analogy that, Tim. Yeah, so, I agree I'll give with you, that. give you another problem. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a great rugby mind and also uh, in Super League. And we were discussing kind of, could Super League have a crossover with a premiership rugby team? And in particular, the team that I thought of was Saracens. Because Saracens, if you remember, when they originally announced they were going down, they said, well, we're going to keep everyone and we'll see if we can get some weird games like, can we play South Africa? Or can we do some international stuff? And one of the things I thought, well, why don't they go and play rugby league? Because they have some of the biggest names in Wigan playing at Saracens, i.e. Owen Farrell. Yeah. So a lot of, I'm trying to think of the other rugby league influences there, because there are, there are a few more. Um, well, they used to have, they used to, oh no, they used to have Chris Ashton. No, no, he wasn't a yeah. rugby league. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, yeah. Chris Ashton was Wigan. Um, he used Tom, to have him. Joel Tompkins as well. Yeah. Another one who escaped. Well, they had Andy Farrell as well before. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe rugby league fans will be aware of Saracens more so than most clubs. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, the champions of, of the Super League, which has been Wigan relatively recently, against the relatively recent champions of, of, of England Rugby League, Saracens. Anyway, the reason I go around this whole, um, this whole scenario is because the unforeseen problem would be the normal, the normal way of doing things in league is completely illegal in union. So can you imagine that they're playing basically league rules and someone comes in with a high shot and concusses Owen Farrell and he's out for six months or, or worse? Just completely... Shall I, shall I do the obligatory insert joke about Owen Farrell doing the high shoulder shot <laughs> at this point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you can imagine, like, one of these guys who's worth so much money with so much of his career ahead of him could get seriously concussed or hurt by a rugby league lad, literally just playing rugby league because the rules, the laws are different and what is acceptable in rugby league is not acceptable in rugby union and vice versa in some cases. Yeah, the tackling might actually be the, one of the most difficult laws to um, try and deal with because rugby league has evolved from where it was a few years ago where um, shoulder barges from a defender were le- legit. That is now um, illegal 
but they their tackling technique and the height of most of their tackles it, it is it's like watching union like we've been watching the old games it's like watching union games 15 years ago yeah like players just don't do that um very often anymore oh you uh, watch games league and you like penalty 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 you've got your rugby union ha- uh, hat on but actually after about five minutes you can become num- uh, numb to it much like the players are and uh, <laughs> fine. yeah i mean any of those games I'd, I'd be interested in watching the the spectacle on the day but it does exactly as you're highlighting right now, JB. It creates all sorts of risks. Like, what, what happens if Bowden Barrett gets taken out, or um, well, any, any of them, any of the Moonga or Goodhue or George Bridge, any of the, those seriously talented boys in the, the New Zealand Australian one? So the the legendary commentary duo of Eddie and Steve were commentating on Garth Thomas's first appearance for the Celtic. Celtic War. Warriors. Warriors? I want to, I yeah. want to say Crusaders. Yeah. Warriors, it was. It, it was Warriors, wasn't it? So Gareth Thomas plays his first game, I believe it's in Wrexham. He comes off the bench, he, he carries hard, he puts his head down, and he gets absolutely smacked. And I'm sure he goes off with a head injury concussion. And it's almost like glee that, that uh, Gareth Thomas thought it might be easy, and he's, now, he's got, now he's got a fairly serious concussion, serious enough to take him off. Uh, so you can kind of see... If someone wanted to prove a point, they might go a little bit high or they might go a little bit harder than they otherwise would do, particularly with what's on offer. I mean, well, I mean, Big Luth is a, was a big old rugby union unit and he's struggled to really make an impact at Warrington, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I've not seen anything of him. I don't follow it close enough, closely enough uh, to say. But yeah, he was a big... Mind you, he's also... Have you seen him recently? He's, he's really... He's slimmed down. I mean, he's he's still a big unit for rugby league, but he's lost about ten kg. He was he's a bit over one hundred and ten kg, and he's now a bit over a hundred kg. Well, there you go. That's probably an advert for again. I'm I'm happy with just uh, not doing anything too drastic with the laws, but the people that do say uh, we need to have the ball in play more to change the physical demands on players and it will shed the weight. I think Luther Burrell's transformation then from a rugby union player to a rugby league player is probably an advert for which might advocate that approach because he's obviously, I I wouldn't suggest he's done it to look good on the beach. I'd imagine he's done it because you need to be a good 10 kgs lighter to actually be able to take the aerobic demands of rugby league. I think the beach personally. (laughs) <laughs> there, there, might, there might be a bit of both but rugby, you have to be way fitter to do rugby league like the, the distance you, you travel and the, the reduced rest in rugby league I would like to see what those stats are like nowadays because I don't think that is I, don't, I no longer think that, that is true I don't think that rugby league plays more ground than say a scrum half maybe I'm wrong but I don't think, I don't think oh, so mate, the, 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 the reset scrums that you love can be like Two minutes at a, at a time. Perfect. That's I'd, I'd, be, I'd be fairly confident um, now that both the distance and the, the number of involvements, like, like the Sam Burgess one, I know I've mentioned it before, but Sam Burgess playing union in the centres was having, if he was lucky, 10 involvements per game, five carries and five tackles. In rugby league, he'd be making 25 carries and 25 tackles. It, it's so, so different. Hang on. I've got here distance running there NRL. 
Hmm. Is that NRL? Oh, 11, 11 kilometers a game. League players. No, sorry. That's football. So Premier, Premier League football apparently is 11 kilometers a game. Australian Rugby League, uh, 8 to 10 kilometers. Not massive, is it? No, that's not actually. Um, but here's one to just sort of tie a bow on this and, and move on. Just really quickly. Not that, let's not spend long on this, but if we were going to pick a British and Irish Lions 13 of rugby union players to play What's in a rugby league? league game, who would you pick? I've no idea. Ooh. Who, who's you, so let's start from the, the props then. Hang the on. Props, hang on. Props Joe, gonna... Joe, Joe Cock and a singer. Could, could we have more than like five, five seconds? That... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, Just like, I don't, George I Ford would be a, a dummy half. You could you could have George Ford and Owen Farrell as your, yeah. your nine and ten. Yeah, Owen Farrell is a loose forward type. Is that just because his dad was? Pretty much, but he's bigger, isn't he? And they kind of fling the ball about and whatnot. I think and someone like, like like Manu would be a loose forward type. Ooh, but also he could be a prop. He he's he's heavy enough to be a prop. Um, basically, basically, a part of this could be what rugby union players are most like Sam Burgess. Yeah, so <laughs> you kind of yeah. That's a not yeah. Basically, yes. That's a pretty good way of looking at it. Someone like Carl Ferns, second row prop, just big ball carriers going forward. That's quite yeah. a good shout as a prop. I like that. Ferns could yeah. play. He could play twenty minutes and then yeah. inter- interchanges in rugby league. Like him yep. and B- him and Billy as your two props for interchanges. Would be oh, awesome. I love that. Uh, the uh, the Dupria boys would be bloody awesome. Um, I tell you who I think would be pretty. Rowan Yanzi Van Rensburg as a prop. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. And this, uh, the Dupree and Van Rensburg, this is the South African team to play them, to play the Lions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right, actually. <laughs> um, Stander, as a um, obviously Irish, not South African player, um, he'd, he'd be quite handy. Him and someone like um, Tom Curry would be pretty good. Uh, um, Stuart Hogg. Stuart Hogg, where would he fit into a team? Probably no. still at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Run it out, haven't you? That's the other thing. You've always got to run it out. So you've got to think of someone. But Liam Williams is so... He's, yeah. he, he, mm. Think of really tricky wingers that can't kick it. Because that's what you want. <laughs> Hog. Do some... Like, like, a, like, sort of like a Cheslin Colby would be an awesome rugby league fullback. I'm not yeah. saying... But, you know, if you watch... Um, I can't remember who the bloody... Is it Widdup? The... Fullback for Great Britain. Have I got? Am I just made... No, no. Lo... Oh, what's his name? The guy with the scrum hat. Oh, the um, the St. Helens. Boy. Yeah, the Lomax, maybe. Yeah, I think it might be. I, I don't watch much I, like, at all now. Like you watch him catch the ball, and he's just jinking and doing whatever he can, sidestepping to get out of trouble. That's the kind of guy you need. So maybe maybe Jack Noel or Stuart Hogg. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but. Make sure they can't kick because it's just, it's just not worth it. <laughs> not unity cost, which I've spent learning to kick. Just go for someone who's only focused on stepping. And someone who you wouldn't have thought, like an outside gamble, someone who's not a, an international player, but I think would be really good. Someone like uh, Guy Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Engine on him. Engine, just go, go for ages, does everything particularly well, quite athletic, quite big, but not too big. So someone like Guy Thompson and Tom Curry, they're probably about the right size and shape to be rugby league second rows. 
Yeah. And then yeah. who would play all game, uh, putting loads of hits. Mark, Mark Wilson as well. Like that, do, that kind of player. Do it a better way, which is who would be the worst rugby league players? <laughs> Se- that, second rules and props. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to pick props. Like you have to, you have to be. It's, that's that's the easy way. That's the that's too easy to do that. It um, is, Francis. You couldn't go with go with him. But I'm <laughs> I'm guessing like Bryn Evans wouldn't be a particularly good rugby league player. Or Charlie no. Charlie Matthews. Charlie Matthews, the enforcer. I'm not doing much enforcing <laughs> today. <laughs> um, I've had a total mind blank. The uh, island. Uh, sorry, thinking of good fullbacks, the island and. Leinster um, small fullback. Oh, of course. Not Rob Carney. Jordan Lama. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Lama. Jordan a, Lama. Yeah. Oh, man, he'd be he, incredible. He would be, yeah, he would be class. Of, getting out, the ball's kicked into the defending team's in-goal area and he's got, a, he's got three men on top of him. He'll get out. He'll get out, yeah. of, the, out of the in-goal. He's quite Jason Robinson-esque in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be handy. Jason Robinson, he would be a good rugby league player. <laughs> <laughs> Shame you never played. <laughs> right, so I, th- I think that conversation summed up nicely that we don't know much about rugby league. Yeah, I think it pretty much does. But there you go. You can tweet us at Rugby Podcast with your um, Lions 13. That, that'll, uh, that'll get you through a couple of hours of pretending you, like you're working. And exactly. you'll do it much better than we do as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, There's no doubt about that. I've got more time. I've got, got more time to prepare. All right. So, back closer to home. As I mentioned, uh, middle of August is still the suggested return date for the Gallagher Premiership. Touchwood. Everything goes to plan there. We've also got the dates now for the Champions Cup knockout stages, which were due to be played back in April. Uh, no, end of, uh, March, April. Yeah. The f- yeah. And uh, they've been rescheduled for September. Eight, so, yeah, the quarterfinals are 18th, 19th, 20th of September. And then the semifinals are set to be the following week with then a three-week break and the final being uh, the 17th of October. Yes. Now, a horrible thought about these. And the horrible thought I've had is, what will Saracen's team look like to face Leinster? Because it's almost, it's almost bringing the game to disrepute the, what they thought Saracen's would be bringing compared to what they are bringing. Yeah. So you've got Barrett and Farrell. They will still be there. Great. Is Spencer still there? Has he gone on loan somewhere? Bath. Wigglesworth has signed on for another for to uh, f- at least finish this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Has he really? Yeah. I heard he was going somewhere else. No, he was going to be going um, as a coach as a coach, but I think probably for the reason you're sort of touching on, he's sticking around for a little bit. He was going to be a player coach somewhere, wasn't he? He was somewhere, but I can't. Healing trail finders, maybe. I'm not sure. No, we're not there. Um, Somewhere else. Uh, who else would there be? I mean, I don't know who. Who's Nick, Tom, Nick Tompkins is going to be in Wales. Uh, Alex Lazowski is going to be in France. George Tom Cruz Curry. has gone to Japan. Ben yeah. Earl has gone to Bristol. Max Malins has gone to Bristol. Good is going to Japan. Good is going to Japan. Liam Williams has already left for Scarlet. Yeah, uh, halfway through the season. Maitland has he gone yet? No, I think he's still there, isn't he? He's still there. They've got one winger. Who's playing <laughs> Lewington? They've still got. Us, yeah. Who, who's the 13? I can't think of who their 13 is. Who's their current is Barrett thir- retired now? He better well, not have. Barrett, Barrett will be playing, I would have yeah. thought. Um, obviously, Tompkins has gone. We've already mentioned that. And Lazowski's gone. So they've got, uh, still got, have they still got Duncan Taylor? Yes. Duncan Taylor. 
if yes. he's, yeah, how, how, how many games has he played in the last three yeah. years? I oh, know. Does how many games he's going to play in the next three months? <laughs> but Duncan Taylor's about. I don't know who they play fullback because uh, haven't they lost the young kid as well? Hasn't he gone somewhere? Malins, yeah. No, not Malins. The other there's another fella that they've got Gallagher. Gallagher. Matt Gallagher's got, uh, gone to Munster. Of course, there'll be, there'll be a lot of people at this point probably listening, thinking, yeah, I feel no sympathy for them whatsoever because they, the reason they're getting rid of those players is because of the mismanagement of the club. So you uh, live by the sword, die by the sword, I guess so you could argue. Uh, but, but nonetheless, that matchup against Leinster was mouthwatering and now probably isn't going to be quite uh, as much so. No, not after. So Leinster have, I think last week they announced, or the week before they announced, 28 uh, re-signings of players as well. So they, they're, they're keeping pretty much all their squad. And, and a couple of guys, so um, Fergus McFadden and Rob Carney, who were, well, are, I think are still leaving at the end of this season, have extended to, to at least see out this season. So, yeah. so, so Leinster will be pretty strong. Yeah, so we can wrap this up because, um, now because I've just had to think about, think about that pack. And actually, the Saracens pack is mega. It's still mega. They're still on the Toji. There's still... Tuvo Napolo, Jamie George, Vincent, Vincent Cock. That I think they could be, a, be okay. Mind you, they get past Leinster and they can win it. I don't think we'll see a single senior Saracen play another pre- Premiership game. But potentially not. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> other, other than a bit of match fitness, get ready for that game. Maybe, yeah. But you can't lose Owen Farrell, can you? No. Uh, you can't lose any of these lads. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if you know any Saracens game now is a complete write-off. Oh, I'll tell you who they do have. Elliot Daly. Oh, yeah. There you oh, go. Yeah, outside centre. Boom. Yeah. Oh. Not outside centre. And you might have to play at 13 and 15 at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, the, the, this also means that the, the, the suggested finish to the Premiership season would be the 10th of September, the weekend before, which will mean... They have to fit in some midweek games or cut up to four rounds of the Premiership. And I, I think, well, I heard Rob Baxter, uh, some comments from him in the week, and he said, if it was going to go on and on and on as midweek fixture followed by a weekend fixture, it'd be a problem. But for a short period of time and on a few occasions, it's fine. Sometimes they'll play a game on a Sunday and then a Friday. And yeah. for, for just on a few occasions, he's like, it's fine. Let the boys play. Yeah, and, and they've had enough time to rest up. So that any anyone's who anyone who's carrying niggles or minor tweaks who would have previously had issues, that should be all cleared up. So hopefully you got getting fully fit squads or what's left of them in Saracen's case. Um so you can play more back to back games for a shorter period. Yeah. It depends how it depends how your squads are built, right? So yeah, let me think about it just I'll pick a random club. Uh, Sale Sharks. <laughs> um, I not sure that Sale Sharks will feel the same way as Rob Baxter does because Rob Baxter's got a much bigger squad. Sale Sharks have got an, a very well, they've got a very big squad. They've got a very deep first fifteen, but maybe not a bigger overall squad. So for them, the way that they are built, I'm not sure if Saturday change the team completely or have enough substitutes to dilute that starting start, starting team so some some more of them can play on Wednesday. Not sure that's going to work so well for them. Well, they'll have to make the compromise. It, it, like for, for saying, well, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't believe they can't supplement with academy players. They've got they they are tons of players in the England under twenties. They should be fine. I agree with you. I do agree with you there. Uh, I guess the next question would be, 
what product do you want to see? Um, yeah, albeit there are some dead rubber games already as a yeah. function of, of Saracen's um, yeah. indiscretions previously. So you're always going to get compromised um, quality of games at this point in the season with when one team's already relegated. And I guess the plus point of this is everyone should nearly be full fitness now, shouldn't they? Yeah. Had enough, nearly everyone should be there. But think about, oh, by the way, um, oh, I can't really make out a joke. Can I make out a joke? Uh, I'll come back to it later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so think about um, Leicester at times this season. Leicester came up to the AJ Bell with one of the weaker squads that I have seen in a long, long time. Now, if that's their squad that they're playing on a Friday, what would their squad look like on a Wednesday if they need to manage the minutes per week that each player gets? I mean, it's not even worth thinking about. That, uh, no, it's a difficult one. For Leicester, as long as they can get George Ford playing twice a week, that's all that really matters because it is just 14 blokes plus George Ford. It is, isn't it? Of course they can't, but of course they can't really do, do, do that. I wonder if we'll see. I wonder if we'll see a change in strategy. So instead of George Ford not playing, maybe they play him, but under strict orders. Like, and, and this sounds funny, but I'm deadly serious. George doesn't defend. George doesn't hit rocks. George doesn't take contact. <laughs> um, it's one way you could get him through the season. But, yeah. then, but then you have got the England um, rugby guidelines and England players have a certain number of games that they can play per season um, and it includes 60-minute involvements. Whether you hit any rocks or make any carries or, or do anything or you just stand there and kick. So yeah. it, they, they probably will be limited in some way. But it... Again, this season, this season for Leicester is totally irrelevant. Leicester could put their under-12s for every single game and it wouldn't matter because they're not going to get relegated and they're never getting near the top half of the league. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a very, very... <clears throat> One, uh, just Let me just tie off this other Premiership story from this week. We don't need to spend too long on this, but um, <laughs> there's a... Uh, surprise, surprise! There's more uh, people falling out and... Potential foul play, although we don't know at this point, over Gloucester appointing as head coach George Skivington, the London Irish forwards coach. London Irish now unhappy. Well, I've said they are unhappy and think there may have been an, a, a breach of the Premiership rugby rules. Prove it. That's what I'd say. Um, maybe there is. Maybe there's not. But I kind of think if a guy is offered a job as a head coach, no matter what his existing job is, if you are the employer of that guy, you should let him go. And I know that sounds ridiculous because they have contracts and whatnot. But actually, I think in the NFL, if you are a coordinator, you get the automatic right to become a head coach if someone um, um, offers you it. So I do understand why London Irish are annoyed. Of course you are. George Skivington's probably a very, very good coach. That's why they're annoyed and that's why Gloucester want him. But on the other hand, these head coaching roles are so few and far between, I think Lynn Lara should just say, yeah, okay, that happens. Good luck. And, uh, you know, see you on match day. But what, what George, what um, London Irish should get in that situation is some compensation because they, have, they are now losing a, a forwards coach and will have to find someone. And a no. forwards coach who they highly yeah. rate. And let's, and let's not forget, let's not forget, Gloucester were rightly upset at the time about the uh, the, the, the fact Johan Janzi van Rensburg signed a contract with them and then appeared to renege on it 
Well, well, that's different. In, you know, in, in that case, with Van Rensburg, the heart wanted what it wanted, and you know, he ended up where, <laughs> where he ended up. Uh, I have no problem with um, but, but that. But that, I mean, on, on, the, on the Rohan case, sorry, just because I, I think it is worth pointing out, on the yeah. Rohan case, both Sail Sharks and Rohan and, and Gloucester were all in the wrong in, in various different points yeah. because Gloucester tapped up uh, Rohan Yancey van Rensburg when he was still under contract with the, the Lions and South Africa before they were entitled to. Yes. So, like, Gloucester didn't Which is that it, scenario yeah. well at no, all. No, they didn't. And they the like honor among thieves clause or something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's an odd one. It, it, it's kind of you're in this point now where. The Premiership clubs who make the regulations, they keep they repeatedly demonstrate that they don't understand the regulations. Never mind how to follow them, oh, which is oh. ridiculous because they are the ones making the regulations. I disagree. I think that they know them all too well, and it, the, the, part of the part of the Premiership is about understanding how you can bend the rules to benefit you the most. It's almost like tax law, where. You know, every new law that is introduced, tax experts rub their hands thinking of ways to circumvent it so they can get a little bit of a, you know advantage over their uh, competition. It's exactly the, the, the problem, Joe, ju- just on that, the problem with that, and this is something that I've highlighted before, in my mind, while every time you try and pull one over the regulations, that, by the way, you have written, as I've already said, <laughs> um, you are discrediting the product that you're putting out. So you are by your own actions, harming the quality of your own product, even if you get a short-term gain by doing so, which makes it, in my mind, just totally stupid. Yes and no. But as you well know, uh, (laughs) this weird obsession that I've got with watching racing cars at the moment, I don't know, and it it, it will stop uh, soon, I, I, I absolutely promise. There are some sports, I'm thinking of NASCAR in particular, where cheating is actually seen as a good thing. Like, everyone is encouraged to cheat uh, uh, almost. It's, it's sort of like part, part of the sport. And I, you know, unless rugby actually clears up his act, and it's not going to, because they're all, you know, whining and, uh, you, you know, signing to each other about rugby values. And I mean, I think it's the hypocrisy. If they just owned it and said, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, there are some um, uh, uh, rules, but we're going to do our level best to get around them because we really want to win. We really, really want to win. I could accept it. I think where it falls down is the idea that we are so clean and holy than now, yet we are still going to bend the bend these laws, and we're going to lecture you about all all this politically correct stuff, and we're going to tell you about values and how the game make, makes you better. No, no, just own it, just own it. You really want to win, and that's part of the compulsions watching the sport. The, the odd thing here is, Gloucester put out a statement subsequent subsequent to London Irish saying. This is the bit I don't understand. Gloucester said, if, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but Gloucester effectively said, "Yeah, we thought we'd kind. Of, there wasn't a contract issue, but we, you know, we did put, you know, we did um, try and ask London Irish, but we didn't get a response." Um, that being the case, surely you don't put out a press release saying we've signed a new head coach. Maybe wait a couple of days until you get the response that confirms what you think. Pick up the phone. No, pick up the yeah. phone. <laughs> Imagine if we did this in our normal lives. Like, Tim, I'd like to borrow your car. In fact, I did borrow your car because you didn't respond to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that statement is almost like an admission of guilt, the way that that statement read. It, it's not intended to be like that, but it is a, just a bit ridiculous. Yeah, we, we tried to get hold of them. We've not heard from them, so we went ahead and published the statement anyway. 
I mean, that's a, it's just a, I think it's just a rule that Premiership Rugby should write in, you know, eventually when they get around to actually enforcing any of their other rules, which is if you are a positional coach and you get offered a senior overseeing role, because I guess you could have head, you could tie in head coach or director of rugby, one of those two, you're allowed to go. And it's that simple. But there should, in that scenario, there should be a compensation uh, process in place. Yeah. Yeah. What, but, to... I do agree with that, but it depends on the laws. So I just say, you know, maybe everyone has that right to pick up the best head coach, and that's just the thing in the game. Or maybe yeah. they, you've got to buy him out of his contract. To yeah, Phil's that, that's, point, that's what I'd be happy with. Yeah, that that would work. To Phil's point, that it harms the the league. This this demonstrates exactly what Phil was talking about. So in the London Irish statement, it says that uh, Skibbington remains under contract with London Irish and the club believe premiership rugby protocols have been broken. Uh, To which Joe Marler has put a tweet up and said, the premiership Premiership rugby has protocols, question mark, and (laughs) Ellis Genge has replied, no, Joe, you see, when you're one of the many pigeons that flock around and play, you have to just adhere to the rules or you'll be punished. These boys can do as they effing want, though. Don't argue with them, mind, or you'll be abolished. So you have highly prominent players who have pointed out the hypocrisy are getting really annoyed that they are the ones that get, um, you know, it come, come down on like a ton of bricks. But the people that they're answerable to are just playing hard and fast with the rules. And so when, even, when you have high profile players going onto a public platform like Twitter and swearing and effing and jeffing and questioning the integrity of clubs and the whole league, you've got a big problem. Yeah, it's not it's, a good look. It's the hypocrisy. Uh, that's the thing about the Premiership which does my head in. It's not the, it's not the product. Love it. Um, it's not the players. It's not the coaches. It's the hypocrisy and the messaging from the league. I mean, anyone involved in the league, involved in communications or marketing, they should just be fired. They should just go because we can't be preached to continuously whilst the league behaves so badly. At least, you know, if they had like a Dana White type person who just gets up there and, uh, you know, it says exactly as it is. You'd probably forgive them, but they don't. They are they're just bleeding hard. It, oh, yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah. They, <laughs> it's just highly frustrating. It's highly frustrating what they claim they want to be but um, compared to what they actually are. It's, it's incredibly frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't even like acknowledging. It's amazing. They don't even like acknowledging that rugby is a contact sport. They will dance around the houses. Right, to tell you that you like rugby because it is a game for everyone or it's a game that families watch. Or it's a game. No, it's a game where people get absolutely smashed. It's a physically imposing, intimidating game based around the art of bullying. That's what it is, and that's why we enjoy it so much. No, none of this nonsense. And I think that kind of culture goes up to the boardrooms when they just want to dominate other clubs. <sighs> Dear me. They need to get themselves sorted. Right, on, on a lighter note, let me segue into the fact we've got more rugby coming our way this weekend um, with the Australian Super Rugby sides starting a little internal competition on Friday. Is it Friday morning and Saturday morning? It's Friday night there, Friday night their time. So it might be, so it might be uh, Friday lunchtime, our time. But regardless, uh, for that, I, I wanted to bring you m- the, my favourite news story of the week from Australia, possibly the most Australian thing you've ever heard. And um, it's about this 18-year-old lad who wanted to celebrate his 18th birthday. He's called Cooper uh, in Australia. He wanted to celebrate his 18th birthday by buying his first legal pint. The Scarborough local had just turned 18 and was equipped with double pluggers and his bush chook tea. 
ready to hit the town. Right, double pluggers. Do you know what they are? Nope. No. Flip flops. Uh, uh, he, <laughs> he, he, I thought he, they were thongs. Thought thongs. Were thongs. Thongs. Or thongs or double pluggers, mate. Either or. Uh, he was turned away from the pub because he said no mullets allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no what? No mullets allowed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there to have a haircut was there to seek frothies right so um did you hear that that's the most australian i'll come back to that this is the guy um representing the uh the, the pub chain we're pretty much a mullet free zone there are venues that are mullet friendly so it's just a question of finding the right bar or pub that likes mullets <laughs> uh, you see i've heard of child friendly and dog friendly pubs mullet friendly is not a new one but listen again this is the most australian phrase anyone's ever said wasn't there to have a haircut. I was there to sink frothies. Wasn't there to have a haircut. I was there to sink frothies. Sink frothies. Awesome. I love it. Wow. I, I mean, I guess in the UK, we look at the mullet as something, you know, a little novelty, a little bit stupid, something that Luke Cowan Dickey does, that kind of thing. Ultimately harmless. No one cares. I wonder if it's got different social connotations in Australia. Like, there's a good chance he'll be carrying a shotgun or drive a 4 by 4 home drunk and plough through a sheep field. I, so I they, they if... have bogan. It's bogans in, America, in Australia, they call them, isn't it? The, the guys, bogans, are like from the Northern Territories, sort of... No idea. Like redneck, like Australian rednecks, basically. Yeah, they're going to go and wrestle a crocodile or something and then yeah. shine a really bright torch into a kangaroo's eyes before putting a bullet between its uh, face. <laughs> <laughs> so My... I wonder if it's just a connotation that comes with mullets your the, the correlation between mullets and bubbling is probably pretty strong in uh, australia <laughs> as well sorry sorry pal no and i'll no yeah sorry <laughs> cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, let me segue again, because the, the place probably where you see the highest population density of mullets is in Aotearoa. Yeah, it certainly is. I tell you what, I'm going to come out and say I love this Aotearoa uh, comp uh, competition. I think they have found the future of rugby. I really do. Small regional competitions with low, you know, loads of um, local rivalry means something to everyone. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. And and it helps. So um, basically, all these games are All Blacks playoff games. Like you yeah. Everyone is playing for their place in the All Black squad, and especially after you've got um, World Cup last year. Um, the the next post World Cup uh, squad has not been announced yet, so effectively everyone on there is in the shop window for the jersey that they all want, which means that they're really meaningful games and really meaningful battles. To pick up on what you said, JB, as well, I think potentially a, a structure for the future could be to do this internal tournament and then. The 
the final part is a is a knockout competition based on seedings potentially. So that then you bring together South Africa, Australia, New Zealand in, yeah. a, in a kind of knockout format. Get rid of all the flying, all the transport, all the cost. It, it's so much more enjoyable. It really is. You can kind of, you can sort of track what's going on. Phil's right about the it's not, not something I even considered, which is it is an audition for the all, uh, of the All Blacks. And I quite like how they've all got a dusting of All Blacks. Like, they're not very good teams. Let's not get carried away with how good the teams are. I don't think they're great. I don't think they would hold a, a candle to most premiership teams. I really don't. Um, but that's because all the talent is equally distributed, you know, and, you know, that kind of makes it more intriguing. You're going to get, you're going to get some uh, blowback on that, I think, because, like, by, by, the, by definition, the fact you're saying these are warm-ups for All Black games, All Blacks are the world champions, the, the players are spread out, between all the teams, would you sort of think by definition the teams would be pretty handy? Well, I don't think I'm being fair. And I don't think I'm being fair because they haven't had a pre-season. They're probably not at full tilt quite yet. Uh, it looks like they're not playing in the best of conditions or the conditions that you usually see them in. So their brand of rugby, you know, they seem very, very loose to me. And again, they don't tend to put a particularly high premium on defence, which I know isn't a complete shock to anyone who's watched Super Rugby before, but that seems to be only exacerbated by his competition. Yeah. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I would be interested to see these teams at full tilt against premiership teams. Cause I, I think they would. Well, I think, I think these would be fairly handy in the champions cup, say the Heineken I, cup. I can't say, I, look, I watched the crusaders versus chiefs game. Yeah. There was two, yeah. two games against this weekend, JB. Did you watch him? I did watch them both. Well, yeah. What did you think about them? What do you think about the games in general? Okay, so I'll do just a really quick one on the Chiefs game, Chiefs Crusaders game. Two teams who are clueless in the wet, like utterly clueless. Uh, it it looked like they were, you know, like they like they'd never seen rain. And I thought if this was the Premiership, they'd be getting absolutely panned by Bath because the Premiership teams are so much better set up for that style of rugby than they are. Uh, they don't want to hold onto the ball. They don't respect the ball. They're flinging it everywhere. And that kind of is, you know, it's, it's equally part of why they can play some terrible stuff and why they can play some amazing stuff. And more often or not, it comes off. But in this particular example, not good. The Blues game was a much better spectacle. I, re- I, I, I really... I was, I, was really so, I was expecting you to say that you love the game in the rain that was low scoring. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they're not good at it. You know, like... There are teams that are good, like Exeter are excellent in that kind of condition. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, Bath, Sale, uh, Exeter, uh, Saracens, you know, in those sort of conditions, they play the perfect rugby for, for, um, for that sort, sort of weather. And I think that is in itself good to watch. I don't like, you know, in the same way, I wouldn't like to watch um, that big Bath pack play in dry conditions, their uh, pick and go game or their power game. That wouldn't make sense. You know, you've got to play what the conditions give you. And I thought that both Crusaders and the Chiefs, particularly the Chiefs, by the way, who've got two of the best decision makers in the entire game, in Damien McKenzie and Aaron Cruden, were woeful. Well, what, watching McKenzie at 15 in the rain, it, every time the high ball went up, I was getting a bit nervous. Yeah. And there was a, there was a couple of spills. I mean, he, he had a better game than uh, Scott Gregory, the Blues. Oh, my God. Uh, the Blues, the Highlanders, 15. Yeah. What a night. Well, you, can, you understand why they've used four players at 15 now, don't you? Oh, my God. I mean, he's the fourth choice. So, you know, he's the, 
he's worse than the other three who have already failed. Oh my god, he, he that was a horrible, horrible, horrible it, game. It was Ugo Monia esque for England. That that that's how bad it was. Percy Montgomery for was it Perpignan had it, oh. a horrendous game and and same position but um, horrible for different reasons. I was reminded of Nick Abendanen against Leicester and the two Alagis, just because it was like a a, a period of time that. A fifteen will want to forget forever. Yeah, I mean, I feel well, like M- Mike Cat trying to bring down Lomu in ninety nine yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Mike, playing Mike Cat on the wing. What were they thinking? Who <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just back to, Mr. to poor Mister Gregory. The reason it's extra tragic is I don't even know if he plays fifteen. I have no idea who he is, where he's come from, what he's done. But I do know he's on a national stage. As the commentary set team said, and rightly so, because the Blues are attracting a big crowd now. You know, the others, I don't know where the other New Zealand fans are, but the Blues seem to be getting it done. And uh, he's out there. He could have made himself a lot of money. You know, he could have got himself a starting gig. He could have got a year, you know, a contract in France. Anything could have <laughs> happened for him. But instead, he's got this absolute calamity of errors. And yeah. I don't know if he'll, I don't, I, I've never seen him before. I wonder if I'll ever see him again. I've got no, <laughs> I hope I do. I, I hope we do because that that would be it'd be so hard. So he's, he's 21 years old, um, one of his first ever starts um, at this level, and you could just imagine like to get to that level, you've got obviously got to be well, you've got to be very talented, but you've also got to be very confident in your own abilities. And he <laughs> will be a guy who is used to all through the ages, all all through the ranks of being a, a kid will have been the best player on the pitch or one of the best players on the pitch. And then all of a sudden, on the biggest stage, with the world watching, he had what was a... It was a pretty horrible game. I really, a... really hope he, um, in his next game, he gets that confidence back and plays well. Yeah. There, there, I mean, there was some very good kicking too. I mean, uh, Os- uh, I think it was Ossia Black. Uh, first 10 minutes, they were really peppering that far corner. And it wasn't just him. His wingers were not particularly great. But he didn't, yeah, he didn't shine. I, I don't know. What do you do with him? You know, if he's your fourth choice, much like they said to Willie Beeman, look, it can't get any worse. We've got nowhere else to go. We, um, we can't drop you, so just play again. <laughs> Wouldn't they turn around to him next and go, look, we, you're our fourth choice. We have nowhere else to go. We can't do anything else. Go back out there and play. Well, I think that'll be the nice, the, the good thing to do. I think he'll be more crushed by not having a chance to put it right. Mm. Just to put it in context, you're talking about the crowds. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. But the, the Christchurch, guess the population of Christchurch, the second largest, second most popular city in New Zealand. I'm going to say it's uh, 2,000 people, something like that. <laughs> um, 500,000, half a million people would be my uh, Yeah, 375,000. Half says Manchester. No, no, uh, well, Manchester's, like, Manch- Greater Manchester is 2.7 million. Yeah. yeah. Ring Road is 600,000 though, yeah? Yeah, but Manchester Ring Road is the, the inner ring road, that is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, is the inner, inner ring road is not Greater Manchester, is it? That's just the M60. The M60. No, I, no. I'm talking, sorry, the 600,000 in my head is the inner ring road, as in yeah. the, the city centre. Yeah. So, yeah. size of that. Yeah. Yeah. That if you in... included the outer ring road, the M60, it'll be more than a million people in, in Manchester so... in that boundary. So what are we saying that Christchurch is like hell? Uh, probably maybe Nottingham. 
I think 300,000 is like, I wonder how many Worcester, let's have a look at what's the population nope. of Worcester. I'm going to guess it's around that sort of size. Oh, population of Worcester is about, oh no, it's a hundred thousand. Okay. That's wrong. Yeah. Basically what we're saying is it's not a major world city. Is it really? No. So, so yeah. So you have to take the, um, the population with a bit of a, within a bit of context. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, about yeah. the same. It's about the same size as Coventry. So the Coventry <laughs> said that the crowds have been one hundred and ten percent of what they were last year. And look, I'm not a maths guy, but if the crowd was five thousand, does that mean the crowd was five thousand five hundred, or does that mean the crowd was ten thousand? And so, five thousand five hundred would be a ten percent increase on last year. Yeah, which which would be hundred and ten percent of last year. Uh, 10% increase, but that'd be 110%, wouldn't it? So the crowds yes, are 100% yeah. of last year. Were they yeah. trying to say it's 100% increase? 100% greater. So I, I, I think the, the way you first said it, Jimmy, if, if they said it's 110% of what it was last year, and last year was 5,000, now it is 5,500. So I would say that's 10% increase. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a ten percent increase, or it's hundred and ten percent of what it was last year. Is that is that what it is? It's hundred and ten percent of last year. Well, that's what the commentary team said. Yeah, like, that's that's just like semantics trying to make it sound incredible. I'm like, why should I be impressed by that? Unless what you mean is like ten thousand. Well, hang on. Would hundred and ten percent be eleven thousand of five? Hundred and ten percent increase would be eleven. Either no, ten thousand five hundred or correct. Yeah. 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 Now, that would be impressive, if that was that, the case. That would be impressive. I wonder if they've averaged it out, including the Blues, because the Blues do have a big old stadium. Yeah, and the Blues are, for the first time in years, playing some really good rugby. Now, just and they got the, Bodie. Yeah, well, he's not that good at, at the moment, frankly. Well, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. Uh, as in, I mean, he's got two unbelievable wingers. Yeah, he's out, giving the outside. ball to Caleb Clark. That's all he needs to yeah. do. Yeah. He's cool. That step, oh my word. And he's the, the unit, he's a big old boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's another one who's 21, something like that. Yeah. That Blues. step, that's that off his left. Oh, wow. To be that big and have that speed and acceleration change of pace is frightening. Got, got a little bit of like Manu about him, just big. Yeah. What thick set. I mean, he's not quite, probably he's not, I don't know what his actual size, size is. I doubt he's anywhere near the size of Manu. Just the body, just the body shape and the thighs. Oh, yeah. the legs. He's, he's listed. Legs. So he's listed at um, about 6'2 and 103 kgs, so which would be... 16 a, and a half stone. Yeah, which would be about, a, well, best part of 10 kgs lighter than Manu. Hmm. Yeah. So I think we do need to talk about the Blues, though, because I think so far they've shown up to be the best team because they're undefeated and whatnot. Um, they strike me as a team that will win absolutely everything except for a final. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. They're, now, they don't have a final in this, do they? I think they do. It's 10 weeks, isn't it? Yeah, but it's yeah, 10 that's... weeks with oh. um, home and away. You've got rest yeah. weeks. Yeah, they've got rest weeks. So, oh, is it just straight? I thought they might have a semi and a final. No. no. Sense. Just, just the final would make sense. No, I, I think it is just um, you have the eight, eight games home and away for everyone. Plus your two rest weeks, that's your 10 weeks, and that's it. Top of the table wins. Ah, right. So if they don't have a final, Blues can actually win this. Yeah. Final will 
effectively be, or one of the legs of the final will be against the Crusaders if they play next week, or do Blues have a rest week? So be, yeah, they have to play the Crusaders home and away, and Crusaders just their form over the last few years, even against the New Zealand teams, they have been amazing. They so have my, been the, the best team in the competition by some distance. My big question mark on the Blues, though, is uh, well, first of all, they do rely on some key guys to put in key performances in the pack. So, so, so Sototo, Sototo, Sototo. Yeah, Hoskins, 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 Sototo. He's English qualified, by the way. What? So yeah. he's he is. He's English qualified, Fiji qualified, and obviously New Zealand qualified. Wow. That so young takes some good advice. Uh, and he is, on the strength of that, he is going to be capped by someone very soon. Yeah, Hoskins, because... 20, 25 bags a game. 25 bags a game. Come on. I mean, he's very good. I don't know if he's international quality yet, but he is very good. He's very, very good. Um, he, yeah. Patrick. To a Palotto. Yeah, him. Yeah. Awesome. He is I, so far, I think he's he's been my standout player in the uh, entire tournament. I thought I thought the other number eight looked good. Two. Uh, yeah. He, he looked he really good. The Highlanders number eight looked great. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Highlanders really rattled them. Uh to the point that you know it looked like Highlanders really didn't want to win it. And the Blues at the end really wanted to lose it. And somehow they just, you know, just held on. Yeah, the, the Highlanders' performance. Because at the end of the first half where the Blues score those two tries in quick succession, you think, right, Blues are going to just stroll away with this. And then the second half started and Highlanders came out of the blocks hard. And yeah, the, the tide totally, totally turned. They've got some fine-tuning to do the Blues. Blues. Like, all the bits and pieces are all there, I think. Um, the individual performances are great, but you know, when they're under the cosh, they, they tend to buckle. I don't think they're, they've hit their straps as an overall team yet. They, they don't have any kind of grit, and I wonder if, if the Crusaders can put, put, put something to them properly, whether they'll uh, come undone. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that's, this is why it's quite an intriguing comp. It certainly is. I'm just looking at the fixtures now to see when they play each other. Because th- those are the, the two best teams in the tournament from what yeah. we've seen so far. But then I, I, I would expect that anyone can beat anyone on their day. Because like yeah. um, Highlanders going away to the Blues, and in a slightly different um, day, they would have won. Yeah, and also Highlanders have got the world's best scrum half. Now, you don't, know, you don't need many more things other than the world's best scrum half to win on your day. <laughs> um, for, for- two, two weeks' time, in two weeks' time, the Blues travel to Christchurch. On the 11th of July. The Blues yeah. are rest, then, yeah? That's yeah, tasty. Rest week next week for the Blues and Crusaders travel to Dunedin next week. That, that, I, was, Joe, that was the end of Joe Marchant's journey with oh, the Blues, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's a shame he didn't get some, some proper game time in this. Yeah. At the end, didn't he? Um, interesting for you. Um, I looked on, on, the, on Google Maps and looked up at Auckland. Auckland happens to be my closest New Zealand club, which means, by definition, <laughs> I follow the Blues now. And also, <laughs> uh, seems to be the only place in New Zealand I'd ever want to visit. So, uh, there we go. Double whammy there. You'd love to visit uh, Marlborough. Why? Oh, Sauvignon Blanc territory. Correct. Yeah. And that's, I believe, my New Zealand territory is not that 
great sorry New Zealand geography is not that great but I believe that's the north section of the South Island which would make it Crusaders territory oh would it I uh, think yeah, I do like to visit the occasional vineyard did them in South Africa absolutely superb I'm equally as happy to stay in a bustling city and have someone put the wine in crates and bring it to me I, I'm relatively easy yeah that does work well ideally yeah. it's at some altitude so you you're you're a well-known hurricanes fan I am. you feel you, you're, gonna, well. you're gonna have to choose a choose a team tim um Phil crusaders are too extreme for you <clears throat> I don't think you're gonna like the cheeks because i don't think you really appreciate gatland i can see you as a highlanders man yeah a little bit well that, a little, little bit yeah major as well yeah major and those lumberjack jerseys Oh yeah, oh, I'm all over yeah. that. There I'm all go. over that. Yeah, I'm I'm a Landers, I'm a Landers man. Uh, will you be watching the Aussie tournament? I think I will actually. Bearing in mind how much I've enjoyed the New Zealand one, I think the Australian one. Yeah, be mad not to. So what okay. are the fixtures there? I know the Brumbies are playing on. They're playing on Saturday against the Melbourne Revel, Rebels. Yeah. Now, wouldn't this be a, a very opportune time to get um, Western Force back into circulation? Well, they are. Are they? Well, yeah. me. Well, well then. Really... Western Western Force have actually been playing in the. I can't remember the, the name of the guys. It's someone Forest. There's like, yeah. There's like this billionaire who's set up a you league. Mean, you mean Rapid Rugby? Is it Rapid Rugby? That's the name yeah. of it. So I, I interviewed Mark Evans a few weeks ago, and I'm still stitching together the interview because my old laptop failed and I've not had the heart to tell Mark yet that uh, he might need to do it again but yeah Mark Evans is the CEO of Rapid Rugby and ah. yeah we're talking about that as a team in China as a team in Hong Kong I think Malaysia there's one a very interesting tournament yeah I mean having been in that part of the world um, Malaysia um, Singapore earlier this year it seems like a lifetime ago but earlier this year I mean those are some seriously difficult conditions to play in. Right? Yes. Mal- Malaysia is 34, 35 degrees for 12 months of the year and 80% um, humidity for 12 months of the year. It, it, <laughs> I went on a couple of jogs in that heat and I would not fancy playing an 80-minute game of rugby like that. Well, I mean, Japan... <laughs> yeah, Japan was seriously tough. But Japan has the cool parts. Japan in, in winter cools down nicely. Um, not so much Singapore and Malaysia. Yeah, not my kind of, yeah, not my kind of place. I, I don't deal with heat well at all. And I'm, I'm assuming these Australian ones are on Sky Sports as well, are they? I, I don't know. I haven't seen it mentioned. Because, of course, the, I know the TV deal in Australia was not looking great. They, they got it back together, didn't they? The Fox deal was back on after Raylene left. Yeah, probably for a significantly less money than they were hoping for. Oh, there you go. Here we go. So Friday, 7.05 p.m. Australian time, which is early morning here. Uh, yeah, red 10 p.m. Uh, 10 a.m. maybe. They're, oh, they're ahead, aren't they? So it'll be like, yeah, late morning, yeah. mid-late morning. Uh, reds, <laughs> v the, reds v. the Tars. And then on the Saturday, same time, mid-morning, Brumbies v. the Rebels. And then the following week, Rebels v. Reds and... Then the Western Force play the Tars. Nice. So can anyone name any of the Western Force players? I recognise two so far. Yeah, Nick Cummings uh, isn't there anymore, yeah, so no, I'm not Um I know Kieran Longbottom's there. 
He is. Kieran Longbottom is a lovely man, actually. Uh, I met him in Philadelphia with uh, uh, with you, Phil. Very, yes. very... Back to Saracens for a second stint. Didn't Always Dane thought... Hewlett-Petty used to be there? Yeah, he did. Um, I know someone else who's there is uh, a man who should have been in Edinburgh, John O'Lance. Ah. John O'Lance should have been in Edinburgh? He didn't get a visa. Yeah, his visa was rejected. I thought John O'Lance had signed for Worcester. Have I got no. a complete... No, he, he, I think he originally did. Yeah, he was for a period. Then he was supposed to go into Edinburgh and then he's had to go back to Western Force. Well, Greg, Greg Holmes is also there. Is Tatafi oh, t- yeah. Palotta now used to be there? Has he gone back? I, I don't see him there, mate. Uh, I'm yeah. Brad Lacey, Jonah Placid, Jordan Luke, Jack all, McGregor. All the big names. I mean, these are, these are just lads, aren't they? They're, they're <laughs> just, <laughs> just lads. But there'll be lads who are used to spanking some team from China, some team from Malaysia, like 80 points to nil every week. And now they're going against the Waratahs. There's an English lad called Don Hardman. Dom Hardman. Anyone ever heard of Dom Hardman from Leeds? No. Hardman, no. Born in Leeds. Uh, he is an English rugby union player who plays Western Force in Global Rapid Rugby and the Super Rugby AU competition. Right. Here you go. Is... Oh, yeah, sure. Go on. Uh, no, I've not heard of him. Nope. 18 stone. Right, so I've got, I've got, I'm looking at the squad now. I don't really recognise any of them, um, but guess what the nickname... We just have to guess. But based in, we know how Australians construct a load of their nicknames. What do you reckon yeah. the nickname will be of Fly Half Nick Juiced? Nick Juiced. The Fly Half... Juiced it? Juiced Juiced out? Juiced out? Juiced out. Juiced out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Is it Simpson? I know Simpson. Based on... OJ Simpson's nickname used to be Juice. I wonder if they've reverse engineered that for Simpson. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner is a back five player in the scrum. Lock blindside flanker. Warn it. Warn out. Warn it. I'll tell you, tell you one um, bit of rugby news that um, seemed to escape the British press for obvious reasons. Uh, when I was scouring some... Uh, oh, Jeremy Thrush. Rugby- Sorry, please. Continue. Scouting some Super Rugby Aotearoa news from a uh, Kiwi website, there was an article on Brendan McCullum, the 38-year-old former uh, Black, is it the Black Ferns, Black Caps, the basically New Zealand cricketer, very famous New Zealand cricketer, yeah. who last weekend turned out for his local rugby club, and he's actually playing properly. Uh, basically like top H level or maybe slightly above rugby. Love it. Tell in New Zealand. Tell you the, the cricket player that I'd happily have uh, in my top H squad. Retired. Uh, Tremlett. Have you seen the size of that boy? He's massive. Chris Tremlett has been hitting the weights. Yeah. Yeah. Big boy. Um, um, McCullum as well went to the same school as um, Dan Carter and kept him out of the team at standoff. What? Yeah, Jeremy Thrush is also at Western Force. I've seen that Jeremy Thrush. Um, well, who who was who was the person that that was the really funny lock pairing? It was Thrush. Oh no, and uh, was it Savage and Thrush? No, <laughs> yeah, Tom Savage and Thrush. <laughs> Savage Thrush. 
Was, it, was that what it was? That the one that was funny, or was there something else that was funnier? <laughs> yes. I mean, that is pretty funny. That is that was pretty funny when you saw it on a team sheet. Oh no, Mo, uh, Dean, Dean, Dean Merman, Jeremy Thrush, Mum Thrush. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's. I'm sure, I'm sure there were others. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, yeah. uh, how do you feel as a Welshman, JB, about the fact that Wales might be playing home games in the autumn at Twickenham? I kind of pass caring on, on this nonsense. Um, playing home games, have they booked up the Millennium for or, I don't know, football or something? No, uh, it's Wales. It's not clear whether they'll allow any large gatherings of people in Cardiff for the rest oh. of the calendar year. Well, to be fair, what they should do is play it in Anfield. And that's not a joke either. They, they played... Um, They've played there in the past. Uh, there's a big Welsh connection between Liverpool and Wales, particularly North, uh, North Wales. Um, go and play it there. That's what I'd say. But yeah, do what you want. Uh, I think if they played this abridged Six Nations, I, I, I can't get excited for it. I, mean, I don't know what you think, but you know, we'll see it in the autumn, sorry, in the spring anyway. So do we need to do it again? Mm, yeah, I I do get that, but equally I, I get same with the the kangaroos and the um, All Blacks game. Anything to get money into the unions and the clubs right now. It's, it is it really is as um, simple as whatever gets the most money in. That's yeah. it. And it it has to be. Yeah. So, um, what's his face now? Uh... There was something about money in the Sunday Times this week uh, by Stuart Barnes, who, I mean, he really needs to stop writing about money because it's embarrassing. And the central contention he had is rugby has lost its way in a world of money with making profit for profit's sake, which I don't even know what that phrase means. Um, I don't see, I don't know if you boys are seeing this differently, but I haven't seen anyone make profit, let alone profit for profit's sake in the, in the club game. Uh, Exeter Chiefs were the only one last year I think that's right Northampton have occasionally made profit but they're not profitable organisations if you ask Northampton States and Exeter why they made their profit they would say oh for the sake of making profit (laughs) I mean that's just such an an absurd and stupid position to take Uh, the World Cup made money but the World Cup made money and it's all invested via World Rugby into all sorts of you know worthy causes which I think we all agree with you know, yeah, things... no, no one's getting rich off that. Yeah, what, what an earth? The owners, and uh, you know, I think the owners have come out of this COVID crisis particularly well. Well, reputation-wise, maybe not so well. Uh, probably the players don't think the most of them at the moment. But in terms of you know, financially, they've come out you know fairly well. But um, historically, they've done nothing but bankroll the clubs. There's no profit for profit's I've, sake. I've got the I've got the paragraph here, and and I kind of agree that it sounds like he says he sounds like he contradicts himself from one sentence to the next so he says quote profit for the sake of profit in england and france the player's wage bill has always been beyond what can be afforded so the clubs find themselves selling a chunk of business they have spent 30 odd years creating to bail themselves out to private equity which sounds like actually uh there's it, no profit. To take take away the first sentence, profit for the sake of profit, and I kind of go, yeah, that's, I agree. But yeah, yeah I, th- if, but, if I was making so much profit, I was making profit purely for the sake of profit. Why would I sell it to private equity? I mean, that's the last <laughs> thing that I would, last thing I would do. 
Yeah. How's more and more profit? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now that that would be like saying, um, I don't know, I'm buying I a have, house buying a house for the sake of buying a house. I've made <laughs> kind of, so I've made so much money, I'm going to sell part of the thing which made me money because I've got crushing debts. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work, Stuart? I think I, I think if I wanted to kind of, you know, um convey the point I think he's trying to make, it's if essentially summarized in a sentence. Rugby might have lost its soul a little bit because of the involvement of professionalism. Might be kind of the summary of what the general point he's trying to make. Yeah, but that was in 1997. You know, moved, I mean, rugby's lost its soul because they're hypocrites. Because the people in charge of the, me- of the messaging are out-and-out hypocrites. That's why it's lost its soul. We've been sold one, one, one bill of goods and we're getting a completely different one. That's why it's lost its soul. Profit, profit. Did, did they just say, tell him, look, write an article. I don't care what it says, but it's got to be X amount of words by tomorrow. I don't care what it says. Do you want to prove it? No, fine. Just, just throw it up there. I know you're good with words. Get it up. <laughs> hey, mate, it's got you talking about it. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? It's that bad. I pretty much, I bet I'm the only one that is talking about it. You know, <laughs> I want to read that. I don't know what I just read. I literally do not know what I just read. <laughs> Uh, what other news have we got? Uh, that's kind of that's kind of it. There's there's a few player um, rumours knocking around. Um, uh, Montoya going to Leicester, the prop, the Argentinian prop. That'll be for the start of the next season. Oh, um, Matt Scott's gone to Leicester. Yeah, that, that happened a few weeks ago, didn't it? But you missed that, which is a yeah. you know, really good signing. If they I, get him. Fit- I'm playing. I think he'll be very, very good for them. Yeah. Well, yeah what else? He's, he's a yeah. good. He is a good. Um, very good option at centre. When fit. What else is there? There is yeah. um, the deal for Nick Tompkins to Dragons has been confirmed, and it is a season-long loan. Is okay. It? That's it's a season-long deal. He he has also signed a longer extension with Saracens, which is the same as a few others, yeah. like right. Ben Earl and Ben Spencer, and yes, and others. I mean. Uh, and Gloucester are saying goodbye to a few players. It seems like possibly at the end of... No, some, it looks like fairly... No, a few immediately going off to Japan to join Johan Ackerman over in Japan. Franco Moster, Tom Marshall, who, I mean, I'm devastated. He was my ace in the hole for my fantasy rugby draft team. So I'm gutted when, about that. Again, when fit. Yes, when fit, he, he was a gem when fit for those five games a season. Moster is a big loss. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this strikes to me as Gloucester saying, we threw everything at the Premiership. We've missed our window of opportunity. Cipriani's not getting any younger. We've got rid of the coaches. We're going to build, you know, we, I'm sure Skivington is going to be a very, very good, good, good coach. But he's not the first name that had come to mind if he wanted to win the Premiership. Would you agree with that? Uh, he, he's unproven at that level. He's... So, He's certainly a lot cheaper than the two, uh, the combined Humphreys and Ackerman. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. They've got rid of uh, Yaku Creel. He's also gone. Uh, it feels like they've missed their, missed their window. In, in, um, I just finished watching um, The Last Dance this week. Oh, yeah. And it feels, it almost feels like Gloucester are going for a rebuild. Um, with the only caveat that, Cipriani at what thirty two or thirty three? Cipriani's not. You're not rebuilding for the long term around Cipriani. 
How, I, re- I don't think. How long can Cipriani go for, realistically? Oh, three years? Three, maybe two or three years, yeah. Um, three, three years, best case. I always think the problem with him is he's so unique. Um, if you don't have... Yeah, he has to play every game and he plays in a way that only he can play. You can't back him up because you don't have anyone with his talents to just fit, well, fit in. Yeah, he's always the guy that makes the incredible highlight reel moments. But actually, probably the best he's played... Well, he played very well last season, obviously. Um, well, that was his best season, I'd say. But, but yeah, yeah, last season was, was his best season. But there was a couple of years at Sale where he was really, really good by just doing the basics really well. Yeah, and you've got to be strict with him, right? You've got to be really, really strict with him. And I think if you don't have Steve Diamond as your head coach, who knows exactly what he wants, is completely secure in his job, doesn't care, well, he does care where, where he finishes, but he knows, he knows that he's not re- like really at risk. If you're not that coach, you can't tell Danny Cipriani what, like, what to do. So you have to play his way, not the Steve Diamond way. Yeah, and I, I, I've said for two or three years now, actually, that I, I think Cipriani would have been best uh, going into France and getting a massive deal, get a four-year four contract for Montpellier or someone like that, huge deal, and finish his rugby out there. I completely agree with you. I didn't think that before, but I do think it now. I think it'd be best for Gloucester as well, who can get yeah. a starting... I was going to say quarterback then. A starting player. <laughs> quarterback. Who then? Um, who? So there aren't. Oh, Bath have been trying. They haven't been able to get one. Or develop one. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah, who? Someone. Must... A guy. You can find me a guy. Any guy. Good fly offs are really high value at the minute because they're scarce. Bring they in. Are. Pay big money for Ote Black. But yeah. Or do, Hunt. Do that. Or, I mean, that. Yeah, new, Mitchell Hunt. Yeah, Arsia or whatever it's called, is a great shop window for young fly hops. There's loads of them. Yeah, that's, that's know, what I, I've tempted to do. I think I would give a handful of academy lads who are showing promise up and down the country a go. Much like Wasps have with Jacob Umanga, we thought they were nuts to start with. Actually, he made the England squad. Okay, it was a periphery place, but it doesn't matter. He's played really well. And now and they that- know for the future the Bristol next, did it uh, Sheedy yeah that's true and the next and the next one of those that's going to follow in that production line um, hear me now believe me later Tom de Glanville for Bath is going to be the man for them interesting yeah. good reputation so they are out there they just need to be a bit bold and a bit brave and if they think that they're well on a, on a rebuild now would be a good time and also shed some more money off the salary cap mm. absolutely someone should make me a, a um, general manager of a uh, of, of a rugby team you could be like Jerry Krause exactly well we've got a lot of, got a lot got quite a lot in common I dress sense um, <laughs> um, this is my first full week at uh, Beardmore & Co independent financial advisors or uh, you know Beardmore 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 as the as, as, as the joke is going now um, and this sounds like a humble brag but I wore my suit which was let's say snug fitting not so long ago uh, I looked like a '90s basketball player. In it. <laughs> that was that was the fit. I looked like I actually looked like Jerry Krause, um, uh, you know, with his pleated trousers. It, it, it was awful. Shedding timber is a is a blessing and a curse. It really is. It costs you a ton of money. Oh, on clothes, it's gonna cost me 
hundreds, if not thousands of pounds in alterations. Can you get your, can you get your lovely um, uh, tweed blazer fitted? Can you get that tailored, taken in? You had, you, you had at least one tweed blazer that was a little bit too small for you beforehand. Oh, so yeah, maybe that's that true. Fits, maybe that fits yeah. perfectly. Yeah, that actually is also too big. I have bought myself a brand new um, a summer cotton jacket, actually, which has just been tailored down now. Uh, but yeah, uh, thankfully, the guy that I, that I, that I buy them off in, in Manchester, I went in with my small problem. He measured me up because actually, it's okay. We only need to take in the waist. So I think I'm okay. I might get away with it. Might that's, get away with it. Yeah, that's good. You, you, you want to lose it on the waist. You don't want to lose it on your chest. Oh, I was thinking of just losing it on my shoulders and keeping it on the on. Like, on. <laughs> that was that, that was the plan. Go for the full Jerry Krause. <laughs> yeah, go full Jerry Krause. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny Sexton looks like he's been hitting the the weights as well a little bit. He looks weird. Do you not think? Yeah. That, there's something. It's an about odd that shape. Photo. It's, it's, yeah. It's the perspective, or there's something that's not quite right about that photo. <laughs> Steve Maffey, the way that he was built, narrow shoulders and big hips. Yeah, real wide hips. It's like um, it is like a, a fisheye lens that's been focused on his arms. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Well, yeah. It wasn't a great perspective, but hey, fair play. He's working out, looking good. Uh, doesn't look like a man that's winding down. Yeah, and that's. I mean, speaking of a rebuild, you'd think that um, after the World Cup, Ireland would be ready for a rebuild, um, or at least getting a new fly half. Because Johnny Sexton is what thirty-four or thirty-five. He's not going to be playing in the next World Cup. Yeah. No, he's 38 not. by the time of the next World Cup. He won't be playing fly half. And if, if he is, Ireland have got bigger problems than, than me. Can, can I give myself a bit of a plug? If you want to know about the minds of, inside the mind of a fly half, uh, I interviewed Ryan Lamb this week for Ropey Dungeon. So that is already out there. Because uh, nice. Ryan Lamb is an ace guest. Top he boy. Is, isn't he? Have, have, have you met him before, Tim? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, he's just like really, really chatty. I, I um, interviewed him when he was playing for Bristol. No, hold Did on. No, no, no. Was play- Where was he playing? He played against Bristol in the in the opening game of a season a couple of years back at Twickenham. Gorton, Leicester, London Irish, Gloucester, Worcester, Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, it was Worcester. Was it Worcester? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What played in that Worcester playoff final? Yeah, that's oh, right. It was it was yeah. Worcester. I th- yeah, Worcester v Bristol was a game at Twickenham to start the season, I think. Anyway, so it wasn't the season the year before. I, I, I can't re- I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he's just really chatty. He's one of those guys that um, just basically you put the mic in front of him and he'll he'll nope. do the rest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, one of the easiest interviews that, I, that I've ever had, and also apparently when he first met Stuart Lancaster, he called him Steve, and never got picked again. Now, now, JB, have you been? editing Ryan Lamb's Wikipedia because no. the, the last two sentences of his personal life section of his Wikipedia is something that you would certainly be interested in. Please, by the way. It says, Lamb is a keen Warhammer player and is currently regional champion. He boasts an impressive elven army and is unbeaten in his last five matches. Well, I, I can't imagine that that is true because uh, <laughs> Warhammer... Warhammer. Hang on a minute. So, unless he's playing the classic Warhammer, I don't think you can play an Elven army. And there's certainly nothing in 40k. So, guess the jokes on that. Has, has Warhammer not been cancelled yet? Oh, probably. Dun- Dungeons and Dragons has, and Magic: The Gathering, and a, a couple of these things have all been cancelled. Wasn't Dungeons and Dragons cancelled because of 
uh, you know, a, a train of unexplained fake murders in like in the nineties. Well, wasn't that like Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons was the sense of a moral panic, was it not? That's why that was cancelled. Is that right? Like, yeah, do you um, know that? no, like, no. There's a, there's a fascinating story of, oh, I can't remember who it was. It's some psychologist, and he was saying there was a <laughs> a presentation by the U.S. Uh, by some U.S. police department in the 90s stating that there's 90,000 um, or 20,000 or tens of thousands of um, murders every year linked to satanic worship. And they all looked about, and like, how would we not know if there was tens of thousands of satanic uh, wor- uh, uh, worship murders? It's complete moral panic. It's like when, um, when, when you have these weird guys like who just go go nuts and go and do something out like horrible and awful like a, a shooting just because one of them was wearing a, a long black mac once that was it the matrix was the cause of all our ills and then another time he was they were wearing a certain band t-shirt so now you're not allowed to listen to that music so maybe yeah, dungeons and dragons got caught up in, in something like yeah. that the descriptions that you mentioned that are also nailed on um you know nailed on signs that they probably play warhammer so <laughs> there, yeah, nothing there wrong is... with that hey, isn't Nathan Hughes a massive Warhammer fan uh, allegedly so, he, so... He, he was painting his armies do, do you know Games Workshop is worth hang on <laughs> yeah it's worth more than British gas <laughs> <laughs> there you go pocket cap is bigger than British gas <laughs> well I, 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 I love a game of Catan which is you know it's, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm in the realm of uh, towards that kind of game. I love a game of Catan. So, hey, listen, I'd probably love a game of Warhammer. Yep. <laughs> if only I had some Warhammer soldiers, which had been nicely painted. Anyway, I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't have any of that. Uh, yeah, one, one or two in the dungeon. Ah, I, I seem okay. to recall. Um, yeah. So Ryan Lamb, and this week, fingers crossed, Courtney Laws. So watch out for that dropping into your feed on Thursday. Oh, I can't wait to hear from Big Courts. That's awesome. Yeah. Nick. Brilliant. Touch wood for that. Right. Uh, so hit subscribe on that. Go and check that one out. And we are the podcast. Don't forget that is here with you 52 weeks of every year for the last five and a half years and nothing, not uh, honeymoons being impaled on trees, serious illness or holidays. Nothing ever stops that. So we really appreciate your, uh, your support and for that, if you would just hit subscribe in the channel, if you would just tell your mates, let people know, that would be absolutely awesome. Um, until next time, um, nice one, JB. Nice one, Phil. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let the boys play. Wasn't there to have a haircut. Was there to seek frothies. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 